My vision for the Audible series is multifaceted. I want our role players to really become their character within our role playing servers. And so every new character, every new player that joins at whatever rate that is, should feel like getting a new member of a family, you know, a new character with an all new set of skills that could benefit the crew. Uh, and on the flip side, uh, we also would, would love to get to know our players, you know, should they be open to share. And when I say players, I mean the player behind uh, the character. So with, with that said, in a conversation that I was having with our first character, Tax Servan, um, I asked him uh, a few questions to better get to know him as a player. And, you know, he 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 openly uh, was willing to uh, share some background about him. So the first question I had asked him uh, was, what was your role playing experience and why do you enjoy the hobby? I've been playing RPGs for a long time. I started with 3rd edition D&D back in 2000 and started playing Amped Guard shortly thereafter. I started to broaden my horizons with the Old World of Darkness games a couple years later and started playing in the New World of Darkness games when I joined the Camarilla Fan Club back in 2005, along with some friends who I had been playing Shadowrun 3rd edition with. The main game I'm into nowadays is called Empire, which is a fast LARP that runs four times a year in the UK, though it's been put on hold due to COVID. The player base is still pretty keen, so I'm looking forward to attending the next event when things return a bit more back to normal. I started running games a couple months after I started playing and have ended up with much more game master experience than player experience at this point. Uh, so it's been exciting to be able to participate in a game like this as a player. I'm, I'm very excited. If you're familiar with Bartle's Taxonomy, uh, when I'm in a large multiplayer environment, I am a huge socializer. I play those kinds of games to interact with other players in cooperative ways, trading info or goods, planning for our next battle, or just telling stories. In smaller games, like most tabletop games, I'm much more of an explorer. I like delving into the mechanics of a system to find interesting interactions, but also exploring the lore of the setting. That's awesome because in this in setting, you know, we're building the world as we go. And I feel like that's a major draw, at least for me personally, because I'm really looking forward to uh, the things that everyone creates. You know, we have different role players, different role playing styles, different perspectives from reality that, you know, you always kind of see trickle into um, what, what players create in a, in a, in a fantasy world. Um, and it's funny you say that. I can actually kind of relate with the with the, the LARPing thing. My my first experience with role playing was Dungeons and Dragons. Um, a friend of mine introduced it to me and we, we started playing fourth edition. Um, and then soon after we went to, uh, I think, what, three or three point five. But anyway, um, <laughs> that kind of evolved. I, I had one experience with LARPing um, and I really enjoyed it. I just never got back around to doing it. Um, and I wonder if I'll ever be able to do it again. Unless we're all LARPing, it's like Plague Doctors or something. But anyway, uh, LARPing was very interesting and it was so uh, surreal to be able to. It changes role playing when you're face to face with someone and um, physically they're in front of you and you're, you're doing things and you're communicating. And uh, there there's always that little gap of the person thinking because that's major improv right there. Like that is uh, that is top improv. Um, when, when you're LARPing, at least if you want to get the game going. Um, but I, I feel like what we're doing here uh, is very close to LARPing. It's just you're not physically in person. But a lot of our, uh, our role playing and a lot of the interactions, um, when you see how I turn it into episodes, um, it'll just add that. It'll just add to the to the role playing that you're doing. Um, whereas in real life, when you're LARPing, you're getting that effect immediately because you're virtually experiencing the, the, the role play 
Whereas with what we're doing in the discord, you know, you, you have a back and forth with someone how much ever time is in between. But when it turns into an episode, that time isn't going to be in between. So it's going to feel very smooth and you're going to see your characters uh, talking and role playing. And it's going to be so, you know, natural that you're, you're going to actually uh, it, it's going to hit and it's going to the outcome is going to be what you envisioned in your head while you were role playing. So um, my past project, Gamma Haven, was a uh, player versus player interactive audio drama. And there was a lot of emphasis and focus on um, player versus player and, and, and uh, developing characters um, with all together within the same world, everybody with conflicting interests. Um, and obviously you would always have a loser. And um, a lot of the actions were submitted through, through forms, whereas now it's all live role play and your own team. So the focus is, has shifted uh, to more of, hey, it's going at our own pace and we are all on the same side here. Uh, and there's more focus on role playing and um, personalities and that family feel, which is what I really, really want here. So everybody's going to have different goals, but ultimately as a crew, um, there's going to be a form. There's going to be cooperation. When I look at the design of Taxervan from what I've seen so far and just reading the character profile. And again, you can access our characters profiles on pndrpg.com. Just head to the audible section. All the characters that join the game. Um, are being added there. Just click on their profile and they'll take you to um, everything you need to know about them. But um, I can't help but think that your character was built to be a leader. And that's just me guessing. It's just me going off of what I've seen so far. So what I want to know is what are your characters? What was the inspiration behind your character? Um, and does that inspiration influence your, your character's goals? What are your character's goals as well? When you're first starting out with RPGs, many players, myself included, tend to focus on making powerful and effective characters. I still do this, depending on the nature of the game, but as I've gotten older and continue gaining experience in the hobby, I've discovered that the bulk of what makes a character interesting is their flaw. The best of those aren't about what the character is incapable of doing, but what they wouldn't do or must do. Uh, it's the kind of thing that differentiates heroes from villains. When I bring a new player into a game, I tend to give three big pieces of advice for character creation. Write what you know, take a part of yourself and turn it up, and look at the setting, then lean into it. Now, the last piece of advice doesn't work as well in a game like The Audible, since we're really developing the setting as we play, which is similar to games like Fate or Microscope, both of which are favorites of mine. But we did have a solid premise to work from with the awesome overview and introduction tracks for The Audible. The main cast are space explorers, private contractors, and entertainers. When I was first listening to them, uh, they reminded me of the kinds of characters we see in shows like Firefly, Farscape, Altered Carbon, and The Expanse. So I thought about what I know and what part of myself I could turn up to an entertaining level while leaning into the setting and the premise. I've had a variety of jobs throughout my life. I've worked in environmental conservation, as an arborist, on historic reconstruction projects making educational centers, and sorted waste in a medical recycling center. I've been a bouncer at high-end nightclubs and strip clubs, and I spent a couple years as a dating coach. But before all that, I was a U.S. Marine. I had graduated high school early, gone to a local community college for a couple of years, and decided to enlist at 17. I spent the next many years working in military intelligence and as a hand-to-hand -hand trainer, deploying to the Al-Anbar province in Iraq and other locales around the Middle East and North Africa. I felt those were the personal experiences I could draw on that would fit best. Now, the reality of the intelligence field is actually quite boring for most. It's a lot of waiting for the enemy to slip up and make a mistake, 
say the wrong things while we're listening or visit the wrong person or place while we're watching. But there are a lot of adrenaline-packed moments as well. Stories about when an actioning team gets a mission and goes to kick in doors, that's what people are entertained by. That's how we get films like The Kingdom, Zero Dark Thirty, and Twelve Strong. Uh, when we take those characters out of their home organization, we get films like The Born Identity, Taken, The Equalizer, Jack Reacher, and John Wick. You can even have more lighthearted and humorous moments with those kinds of characters uh, in films like Red, Retired, Extremely Dangerous, and its sequel. Now, with a big open sci-fi setting, I expected at least some of the other players to go in more unusual directions, similar to characters from Guardians of the Galaxy and the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Force users from Star Wars. I wanted to provide the audience a bit more grounding and make a character that would be relatable. Tack is human, with no cybernetic or biological augmentations. He's intelligent, creative, and hardworking. He is someone that anyone could become if they put their nose to the grindstone, admit their failures, and strive to improve. If I had to pick specific characters that Tack's personality is based on, I'd say it's a mix of the characters Jesse Porter from Burn Notice, Clyde Shelton from Law Abiding Citizen, and Amos Burton from The Expanse, as well as a real-life person, Jocko Willink. My goal is to portray Tack as someone proactive with a strong moral code that doesn't necessarily align with the law as written or with that of the larger culture. Like any new character though, personality tends to shift around a bit and settle after a few sessions or episodes. So I'm looking forward to seeing who we truly end up with. I couldn't agree more. Uh, and that is so true. You know, once them, uh, once those wheels get lubed up, uh, everybody's in character and role playing. I tell you, man, by that second or third D&D session, everybody's running like a well-oiled machine. And I expect the same um, with this group of people we have here. Uh, but hey, Tack, thank you so much for, for sharing that, giving us a glimpse of uh, your inspirations, uh, a little bit of background of yourself. Um, and I personally am really looking forward to seeing uh, how, you know, what the chemistry is like with all the characters as uh, as the game goes on. Um, also, you know, looks we, we, we just started uh, the game not too long ago and we're doing some role playing in the servers. And I, and I got to say, this is going exactly how I was hoping it would. Um, so please continue to great work uh, as I start to throw some uh, interesting uh, objectives and quests your group's way. In the introduction for Taxer Van, uh, there is a moment in that scene where he encounters an NPC named Mark Thornton, and they hit it off real quickly because apparently these two have something in common. They both have military experience. They both have a military background, uh, and Mark Thornton flashes him this insignia, this tattoo, this military tattoo on his arm that resonates with Tack. It means something, and we didn't dive too deep into that. Uh, more, surely, you know, we'll learn more about that uh, through ta uh, through uh, Taxer Van's um solo adventures i thought it would be cool if we kind of expanded on that did some world lore building um in regards to uh, these military insignias such as what do they look like how many of them are there and what do they mean so i had opened the floor up for some lore building i asked the audience uh to feel free to send in some ideas that you had so we can put it into the world and lo and behold we have our first submission
I imagine the RRP insignia as a lightning bolt crossed with a rifle with a image of the planet set behind it and the number one set in front of it. The one stands for first from first signals battalion. The lightning bolt stands for rapid deployment, the rifle for offensive ability and the planet for the areas of operation. There was a scene in Tax Servan's introduction where he is encouraged to uh, purchase some items, equipment, resources, etc. from coach headquarters before departing out uh, on his trip as a helmet. And so this started a lore contest. I opened up the floor for some ideas of what are some starter essential? What are some uh, basic equipment items that helmets are encouraged to purchase and or take with them before starting their journey as a helmet. And so I opened up the floor for lore submissions uh, on what some of these things could look like. This following lore submission fits perfectly uh, in the setting, because if you uh, are unfamiliar with the setting, uh, the galaxy, all star systems have been flooded with this very toxic, very lethal gamma radiation that came out of nowhere. Um, and what this gamma radiation does is it turns people into monsters. It makes them into abominations. They die immediately uh, and, and they become um, a danger to other people. And so this had halted galactic trade. And that's when Coach came along and pretty much resuscitated the economy by way of creating these plat this platform for mercenaries uh, and a vehicle in which these mercenaries can travel to and fro to uh, be of service to others and um, so on and so forth. This lore submission fits in the setting because when you think about that, it's radiation. Why would you go out into something? Yeah, mind you, you have you have these field ships, but as a safety precaution, uh, it would make a lot of sense to also take along with you this. For the coach equipment lore, I imagine some sort of anti-radiation injection would be a standard piece of equipment that is issued to new helmets likely not useful for the long term or long term exposure but in the event of a brief exposure an immediate injection may stave off the worst of the symptoms while the body recovers from the rest Hey, Kai, thank you so much for your lore submissions. And remember to all who are listening, uh, even if you're not playing the game as a character, feel free to submit your ideas whenever we have lore contests. It's going to happen often. Uh, again, we are building this world as we're playing it. And there's going to be a lot of moments where we branch off from what is created in game uh, just so we can flush it out. So if you have any ideas, feel free to call in and chime in to our anchor podcast uh, so we can get you in here. Take care.